Hallelujah. I'm still in a coma from last night. How about y'all? Man, the Holy Ghost is so evident in this house, so evident in this place, and uh, such an honor to have been here. And uh, my daddy told me, he said, now, Ronnie, that church is out there, but the Spirit of God's there. And uh, I, I was not disappointed when I got here. My goodness, I felt the power of the Holy Spirit. And uh, I am dressed down. I won y'all over with the suit last night. Now I'm now I'm dressing like I dress. Okay, Hallelujah. And uh, but uh, so glad to be back. I want to also thank Bill and Carolyn for coming. Bill is my brother. Uh, Bill and Carolyn believed in me when nobody believed in me. And Bill prophesied things into me that he doesn't even remember prophesying into me uh, when I was in my twenties, just trying to grow in the Lord. And I love them dearly. And and uh, Harrison Berg has a jewel in him. And uh, pray for him. Pastoring's not easy. Um, not for any of us. I don't care uh, what kind of church you have. Pastoring's not easy. It's a, it's a dying daily. Amen. It's in the word, but pastors are forced to do it. Okay. Uh, you have to die to yourself. But I, I appreciate your friendship, Bill and Carolyn. And Randy and Deanna, I'm going to make y'all do this every night because I believe honor is a kingdom principle. I honor this wonderful man of God and the first lady. You have two jewels here, phenomenal pastors. What God's done here is a miracle. Let's give a round of applause for the pastor. And uh, I just appreciate you. And uh, you have an anointing. Great preacher, great pastor, cares about the sheep. Everywhere I've been in the city with him, hey, brother Randy, Hey, Brother Randy, he doesn't just pastor this church. He pastors this city, and that's the way it ought to be. And uh, he, he loves sinners. He loves everybody. And uh, you got a great shepherd, and uh, I know you take care of him, and I appreciate that because uh, not all churches take care of their pastor, but y'all take care of yours, and you ought to feel good about that. Amen? And y'all keep taking care of him. Amen? All right. Well, I promised you last night this was going to be a continuation of what God released. So we're staying in kingdom, and tonight I'm giving away some keys, okay? I'm giving away some keys. Yeah, Jim, go ahead and bring the product. I'm going to give away some product first. You're supposed to walk up with me, and that's why you made me forget. He bragged on you, and you you got real prideful. Yeah, I, I know how you do. Quickly, um, I ought to get Brandy to talk about this one. This is her favorite, my friends, the Carpenters. Uh, she's a partner with me, and I uh, love your family as well. This is a series called Why Why Bad Things Happen to God's People. It's about demonic strongholds and how to break them. Uh, we have that out there. Um, the Anointing, the Hero Within book started with this series many years ago. You'll love that. Um, one of the things we didn't talk about last night was we go through the seven miracles in the Gospel of John, and there are seven signs. These are signs that Jesus used to present himself and to the kingdom to the world. That series is out there. Um, told you about the hero within last night, four messages on the Holy Spirit, the voice of God, nine messages on the voice of God when he says yes, when he says no, when he says slow, when he says not yet, when he says well done, good and faithful servant, when he says welcome home, and when he says depart from me, I never knew you. And of course, the new book, The Hero Within. Listen, if you are technically savvy, and I know some of you are and some of you aren't. Some of you bought the book. If you read it and you like it, get me a review on it. Share it on social media. That's how the gospel message gets out uh, because I'm here to tell you, unless your name is Joel or Jakes, there's no money to be made on books. You just have to get the message out, amen, and the message gets out through people like you, amen. So if you'll help us, uh, our ministry would appreciate it. So thank you so much. Turn with me tonight to Matthew chapter 16. We're going to be giving away some keys tonight, some kingdom keys. So some review while you're turning to the Word of God. The kingdom of heaven. Amen? See how many of y'all remember. Kingdom of heaven is a kingdom. Jesus is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. The local church is the embassy. The Holy Spirit is the governor. And we are His ambassadors, all right? And so we've been called to the kingdom to shine our light in the kingdom in dark places. So no matter what your parents told you, your teachers told you, even maybe some preachers from your past told you, you are more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. You have an anointing from the Holy One, and you know all things, 
and you are a kingdom ambassador. So you receive that call. Once you connect to the kingdom, things begin to happen. So when you connect to the king, you connect to his kingdom. And once you connect, you get some keys. So tonight, we're going to give you some keys. We're going to move from Matthew 16 to the life of Joseph. And I'm going to be brief, but you got to listen fast and receive quick. Amen? All right. Matthew chapter 16, beginning with verse 13. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say the Son of Man is? They replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, still others say Jeremiah or one of the prophets. But what about you, he asked, who do you say that I am? See, it's not enough for your grandmother, your grandmother, your preacher to know who he is. You got to know who he is. And it's got to come out of your mouth. Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the anointed one, the son of the living God. He gave a kingdom declaration. Say that word with me, declaration. Declaration is when you speak something out of your mouth by faith. You call something that either isn't so or isn't known, and you speak to it as it is so. It's called faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of the Lord. Let me finish our text. When you make declarations, it brings about a movement. If you want revival, speak revival. If you want healing, speak healing. If you want salvation, confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart, you shall be saved. You have to speak things. Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon Son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in the kingdom. That's what heaven is. And I tell you that you are Peter, Petra in the Greek, and on this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell will not overcome it. I will give you, everybody say me, the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Then he ordered his disciples not to tell anyone he was the anointed one. You may be seated. Heavenly Father, anoint this word tonight. Give keys out tonight. Give people the ability to receive keys. Shift mindsets. Shift hearts. Shift Regions, do what you do. Shift destinies tonight, Father. Move people. Let them understand that that which has been closed can be opened with a key. In Jesus' name, amen. So I've had the privilege of going to Israel three times. I hope some of y'all will go with me in the future. I'm going uh, with a group in 2021, going by myself in 2020. And every time that I've been, I've had the privilege to preach at this very place where the text takes place in Caesarea Philippi different locations were controlled by Caesar and he divided all these regions up amongst his son and he had a son named Philip so Caesarea Philippi simply means the son of Caesar it's a demonic area and it's a at the base of a place called Mount Hermon and at the base of Mount Hermon it is said to be the place where the fallen angels fell And at the time when Jesus said that, they worshipped what they called the God of Pan, which was a demonic imitation of the authentic God. We get our word panic from that, pandemonium. They worshipped a demonic entity. It was a demonic place. It meant forbidden place. It was a place that had been cursed. Also, it is a place to have been where Ham, the cursed son, of Noah that exposed his father's nakedness migrated to. So everybody just say this is a messed up place. It's a messed up place. It had been messed up. It's where history, many of us believe the fallen angels that fell from heaven fell. So we're at this place, and you have to go there to see what it looks like at the base of Mount Hermon because Jesus is speaking to the present, but also to the future. He is releasing a kingdom declaration. Now, these fallen angels, I'm not going to bore you to death 
because I'm a little nerdy. Bill's really nerdy, and Bill taught me to be real nerdy, so I always dig for nuggets, okay? These fallen angels in the book of Enoch, which is not found in your Bible, but it's affirmed in the book of Jude, which is found in your Bible. It's not in the Bible because it really doesn't speak to the heart in any way. It's just got a bunch of information that's really not pertinent. So I'm not going to bore you for long with it, okay? Everybody say amen. We've been in this all week, all right? But there are fallen angels mentioned in the book of Enoch all of them have weird names, Samaja, Baraquel. They're different names for these fallen angels. Okay, there are seven of them, and they were all given keys. The ability to do things and take dominion on earth. When Lucifer, Satan fell, these fallen angels had keys. They had gifts. These gifts were how they would advance Satan's agenda and Satan's kingdom. Is everybody with me? So when Jesus said, I will give you the keys to the kingdom, he wasn't trying to be cute or preach good. He was doing exactly what I challenged you to do last night, and that's to advance the kingdom and take back dominion that the devil has stolen from you. Everybody with me? And then he says, the gates of hell shall not prevail against my church. The gates of hell cannot prevail against you because you are also God's house. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. So you must understand who you are, what God has called you to do, and who God's called you to be. Now, I told you last night, whenever you see the word kingdom, think grace. Now, grace has been perverted in today's culture. People don't understand grace. They don't understand how good it is. And they don't understand what it really means. Grace is not a license to sin. Grace is the freedom to chase after God and advance His kingdom. It's not a license to sin. And anybody that views it as that is not really born again. I know one of the things people debate is losing your salvation. Let me tell you why that debate is so stupid. The debate is stupid because the only person that truly knows the condition of a person's heart is the king. And you're not the king and neither am I. Now, I can judge fruit and say that person living like hell. But... The worst of the worst could become born again there at the end of their life. How do I know? So here's the reality. Jesus Christ makes a declaration to take back dominion that the devil has stolen. To take back ground, literal ground, but to also take back every advantage these fallen angels, these demons had over this region. And what he would say would change the trajectory of the world. So he gave keys. He gave keys. What are some keys? So you're connected to the king. You have everything you need. He's paid for everything you'll ever have. So now you need some keys. Somebody say, I need some keys. It says, knock and it shall be open to you. Seek and you shall find. That's what the Bible says, but you need some keys. So what are the keys that you need once you've been connected? Well, there's a story in the Old Testament about Joseph. And when I talk about Joseph, I want you to think about Jesus, okay? Everybody say parallel. Joseph and Jesus. Joseph is a type and shadow of Jesus, King of kings, Lord of lords. Prove it to us, Pastor Ronnie. He was rejected by his own and was lifted up by others and used the promotion from the others to go back and get his own. That is the gospel of Jesus Christ. He saved us, and he's coming back for his own. Amen? And we are grafted into his own through the blood of Jesus Christ. Joseph. Joseph was 17 years old. He was the son, him and Benjamin, or Benjamin, of his father's love, Rachel. You know, his father worked. 
with Leah and all, went through all of that, but his heart was Rachel. And he favored these two boys. And he favored Joseph. He loved him. And so he gave him a coat of many colors. Had many colors on it. And it had longer sleeves than the other coats. So his brothers knew he was the favorite. You can't be the favorite without favor. And I agree with Bishop Jakes. Favor is not fair. But favor is attainable and you can position yourself for it if you know who to connect to. And you have the right key. If you want the favor of God, you need the key. You need the key. But he had favor from his father. He gave him the coat. Let me tell you something. Stop apologizing and making excuses for God's favor on your life. If God has blessed you, stop feeling guilty about it. My Bible says, Therefore there is now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. If you want to live a guilt life, miserable, feeling like you're worthless and deserve hell every day, have a good time. But I'm going to live a kingdom life, understanding I've been washed in His blood, forgiven, saved by grace, filled with the Holy Ghost, anointed, walk with my keys, open doors that man's tried to shut. Kingdom authority. You can pick depression and and be miserable, or you can choose the kingdom. So the first key I want to give you is the key of affirmation. The key of affirmation. Joseph was 17 years old. There is grace for every age. Somebody say there's grace for every age. I don't care if you're 85 or 17. If God has called you, man can't stop you. If God has called you, man can't stop you. Chase your dreams. Speak life into the next generation. Release a declaration that will cause fallen angels and demonic history to shrink back. There is grace for every age. The key of affirmation, what does affirmation mean? It means I affirm you, I'm proud of you, I favor you, I love you, I'm for you. Listen, you are affirmed. The New Testament says you are chosen, called, adopted into a new family, given a new future. You are forgiven, friend. You are affirmed by the creator of the world, the king of all kings. The key of affirmation. So if you're going to walk in favor and you're going to receive grace, you must have the key of affirmation. You have to understand who you are in Christ Jesus. What does the Bible? There are more than 3,000 blessings in God's Word. You ought to pray them over yourself every day. Say what God says about you. Not what other people have said. Not what religion has said. Speak life over your situation. Speak kingdom over your body. Speak kingdom over your future. I tell you, y'all got a humble pastor, a loving pastor, a sweet pastor. But I grabbed a hold of him last night, and I prophesied in him, and I don't prophesy often. What y'all had happen last night and what Bill's staff had happen does not happen often. Jim, does it happen? He travels with me. The gift of prophecy does not come on me often, and I never fake anything. And it's been on me this week, and God's given me words to the point I looked at Randy a few times, and he was shaking his head when I would say words over y'all. Because I don't know. It's, it's the hero within. I don't know if it's right. I'm just letting God speak through me. And a few times, Randy was smiling real big like he, like he does, you know. But I prophesied into your pastor, and I don't want to embarrass him. But Randy's bad about apologizing for God's favor on his life. And I told him last night, you don't have to apologize for God's favor on your life anymore. They weren't there when you were crying. They weren't there when y'all were vacuuming this church up before everybody got here. When you dealt with the pain, you don't apologize for God's favor. There's going to come a time you're going to father some sons that will have churches so big Abbas house wouldn't be on your top ten. If you'll father a next generation, they'll build churches bigger than Abbas house, and you'll come to speak there in old age. You don't apologize for God's favor, and friends, y'all don't either. 
When you are ashamed of what God's paid for, friend, you dishonor God. And a curse comes with dishonor. The key of affirmation. It's not your fault they hate you. The Bible says about Joseph's brothers, says they couldn't speak peaceably about him. Have you ever had people that couldn't speak peaceably about you? Listen, I got people at home, Bill, don't even know me and hate me. I got more enemies now that I'm serving Jesus than I had when I was on drugs. I got more people saying bad stuff about me now than I was living like hell they were talking about me. If you're going to serve the king and you're going to advance the kingdom and you're going to walk with the keys we're giving out tonight, you're going to have some haters. You're going to have some haters. But let me tell you something. When people hate, God elevates. When people hate, God elevates. So let them keep talking about you. Let them keep hating you. And as they keep hating you and you keep lifting up the Most High, God will elevate you. But he says that brothers were so jealous of the father's love for Joseph that they couldn't even speak peaceably about him. He didn't do anything. It wasn't his fault he had God's favor on his life. He just had it. Some of you just got it. You just got it. But guess what? God gave it to you. God gave it to you. Number two, there is not only grace for every age, there is grace for your dreams. Key number two, key of access. We talked a little bit about access last night. Psalm 91 access. Joseph had a dream that he would rule and reign and others would bow down to him. That's basically what the revelation from the dream meant. And he shared it with his brothers. Now, I've heard it preached a thousand times. Don't share your dream too early. I'm not really going to preach that because I don't know if that's true. His brothers were going to hate him whether he shared it early or not. So I say, go ahead and do what Jesus did at the base of Mount Hermon and go ahead and make a kingdom declaration about what God's told you. Let the haters hate. Let the wheat be divided from the tares and just go on with God no matter where he takes you. Sometimes you just got to believe God. And you've got to understand it may get worse before it gets better. There may be wilderness before there's a mountaintop. But God will get you there. If he called you there, he will get you there. If he called you to it, he will see you through it. If he called you to it, he will see you through it. The reason why some people don't get there is because they weren't called to get there. Been a lot of gifted people. Randy didn't get there. Not because of their gift, because they weren't called and they didn't have keys. Listen, I don't care how good you are. If you don't got a key, it's not going to unlock the lock. Key of affirmation. There's grace for every age. Key of access. There's grace for your dreams. The declaration may have been made too early, but it was on time in the sense that it started a process in the life of Joseph. Protect the access. This is for truly spirit-filled kingdom people. Some of you, this isn't going to hit you, but some of you it will. Protect the access that God's given you. If God's given you dreams and visions, protect those. Protect what God, protect your relationship with God. Because the revelation knowledge that God gives you, haters will steal it and try to suppress it. So it's not about being scared to make a declaration, but your intimate time with God needs to be protected. Not everybody needs to go where you go. Not everybody needs to go where you go. I've learned because I've been in the presence of great men and women in the kingdom of God, I've learned to protect my access. If I get the favor to be in the presence of someone great that I admire, God did that for me. It's not my job to bring you into that. It's not your job to bring me into where God takes you unless God tells you to. The worst thing you can do if God puts you somewhere is try to bring people with you that aren't invited. 
Y'all been trying to bring some people places that weren't invited. They didn't pay the price you paid. They didn't say the prayers you prayed. They didn't sow the seed you sowed. When God speaks to you in your prayer closet, he's speaking to you. And some things he shows you don't need to be revealed to everybody right away. Third key, key of attitude, the mindset. Let this mind be in you that is in Christ Jesus. The key of attitude, there is grace for your dry place. So the text says in Genesis chapter 37 all the way to chapter 50, I'm not going to read all those chapters. text says his brothers threw him in a pit, in a dry place. That's what a pit is. It's a dry place. It's a place with no water in it. Water represents the Holy Spirit. Some of y'all been in a dry place because you don't have the Holy Ghost. Some of you been in a dry place because there's no water flowing in your life. You need to be baptized, immersed, fully entrenched in the hero within the Holy Ghost. You need to be filled up. I serve a God that brings water to dry places. I serve a God. That even if a woman's been married five times and is going to the well in the middle of the day and she's ashamed, she's going at the hottest part of the day because she doesn't want to see anybody and she's of a different race and runs into a Jewish rabbi. His name is Jesus, King of kings and Lord of lords. Now, Jews weren't supposed to talk to Samaritans and men weren't supposed to talk to women and it was hot, but it didn't matter to the king because he saw a daughter where most people saw a hoe. He saw a daughter. And once he got her through religion, because if you remember the story, she's trying to figure out which theology and denomination to join before she's saved. She's asking Jesus which mountain to worship on. She's not even saved. He gives her something to drink, something for her dry place that would change her life, and she would never thirst again. And she goes back to her village, and people get saved because she was given a key, a key, a key of attitude. She changed her mind. She was no longer what she used to be. She was a daughter. Why? Because she got something to drink. His brothers threw him in a dry place, in a dry place. How many of you have ever been in a dry place? Sometimes the dry place comes because of negative things that have happened to you that weren't your fault. How many of you have ever had things happen to you that wasn't your fault, that wasn't fair? My mother used to tell me, and it used to drive me nuts, life's not fair. Life's not fair. That was my mom's go-to. She doesn't say it to my kids, but she said it to me. Y'all know how that is. Mamas get sweeter when they become grandmamas. I used to complain, life's not fair. My mama didn't understand favor, Randy. We go shopping. My mom said she spent $100. She wouldn't go over it by a penny. If you went shopping with my daddy, he hated shopping. And my sisters were 8 and 11 years old. And me they said, now listen, you go with dad. Here's how you're going to get what you want. If you get him in and out of the mall in 30 minutes, you can grab as much stuff as you want as long as you can get him out of the mall in 30 minutes. My mom wouldn't go over $100 for a pair of socks for school clothes. My dad, I'll pile it in there, baby. That's like our Abba father. He shall supply all our needs according to his riches. In glory. There is grace for your dry place. Key of attitude. Cast him into a pit. In a dry place. Some of you have been in a dry place. Reminds me of the story of David and Jonathan. Jonathan was the son of Saul. And Saul was the king. Jonathan was supposed to be a successor. There's all kinds of backdrops and sermons I could preach there. But they both died. And Jonathan had a son named Mephibosheth. And it was, it was tradition that when the king died and a new king took over, they killed everybody from the last king's family so there would be no claim to the throne. 
Well, she drops this baby, and they named it Mephibosheth, oh, crippled one. Years later, this Mephibosheth, which really, if you, if you analyze that word and you get down to the root, it, it means grace, but I, I'll mess with y'all on that some other time. Um, he's in a dry place called Lodabar. Lodabar. Lodabar, and, and, and he's living with a guy that's name means slavery. So he's in slavery in a dry place, but then he gets a call from a king named David who was best friends with his daddy, had a blood covenant with his daddy. And he said, is there anyone from the house of Saul that I can show loving kindness, the Old Testament version of grace, to? So Mephibosheth goes from the dry place to the palace, moves his crippled legs up under the king's table, and all of his family and friends moves to the palace. That's what my king can do. That's what the king can do. If you connect with the kingdom, the king will take you from the dry place to the palace, all because you've been given a key of attitude. Next, the key of adaptation. Number four, adaptation. When you're part of the kingdom and you understand kingdom things, you can adapt to any and every situation. You're not going to be defeated by a threat, a curse, a stronghold, a temptation. You're going to be able to adapt. How many of you want to be able to adapt? His brother sold him to the Ishmaelites. Joseph, can you believe that they sold him to their family's enemies? They sold him to the family's enemies. Ishmael was the cursed son. That's who they sold him to. You know, sometimes sin allows us to dine with our enemies, takes us down roads we never wanted to go down, puts us in situations we never wanted to be in. And sometimes it's not even sin, it's circumstances, Brother Randy. It's things that have happened that we don't understand. God uses those things. But my Bible says he prepares a table force in the presence of thine enemies. Let me tell you something. <laughs> I got people who used to hate me work for me. I got people that used to bash me in the city of Chattanooga that love me now. I'm not bragging on me. I'm bragging on the king and a key. When you understand what God's called you to do, who he's called you to be, you change your mind, and you understand that no matter where you go or what happens to you, that God's in it. Things begin to shift. And it doesn't matter if you're in a dry place or where you are, you will be able to adapt to it. They sold their brother out to the enemies of the family. But it doesn't matter what has happened to you. Do you understand that if God be for you, who can be against you? No matter what's happened, you abandoned, abused, lost family members, lost friends, embarrassed. God will prosper you. You know, there's nothing worse than having to watch somebody you hate get blessed. There's nothing worse than watching somebody you wanted to fail, you hoped would fail, get blessed. And people that are haters can't even fake it. You know, they just, oh, man, I didn't want him to be blessed. I didn't want her to be blessed. I didn't want her to get out of this prison. Nothing worse for a hater than to watch somebody they hate get blessed. But he does prepare a table for us in the presence of thine enemies. A key of adaptation. You can walk in favor. You can walk. In favor. God will use your enemies to promote you. Somebody receive that. God will use your enemies to promote you. Jesus was sold for 30 pieces of silver. Remember Judas? So God used the king's enemy to promote all of us. 
Where would we be without the enemy of the king? God will use your enemies to promote you. And see, he thought he was, he was rejecting one king. All he did was create billions of kings. Somebody say chosen nation. Royal priesthood. Somebody say that's us. Hallelujah. There's grace in the presence of your enemies. The Bible says in in Genesis about Joseph, it says the Lord was with Joseph so that he prospered. With Joseph so that he prospered. He goes from his father's house to the pit, sold to his father's enemies, ends up at Potiphar's house. From the pit to Potiphar's house, who served as an officer of Pharaoh. Pharaoh was basically the emperor of the kingdom of Egypt. Remember we talked about imperial last night? Pharaoh is the king. So now he's serving the officer of the king. Somebody smack your neighbor and say kingdom. When his master saw that the Lord was with him. See, it doesn't matter if you're in slavery in the pit, where you are, people will see God's anointing on your life. People will see God's favor on your life. When his master, when Potiphar saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord gave him success in everything he did, Joseph, imagine this, found favor. Found favor in his eyes and became his attendant. So no matter what happens, he keeps getting promoted. No matter what happens, God keeps blessing him. Potiphar put him in charge of his household, entrusted him with everything he owned, a slave. Sounds like what Jesus did for us, didn't it? From the time he put him, the text says in Genesis, in charge of his household and all that he owned, and the Lord blessed the household of the Egyptian because of Joseph. So this advisor was blessed because of a slave that he promoted. Let me tell you about this, the kingdom of this world just for a minute. If, if someone's blessed because of you, they will bless you. It's a principle. If someone is blessed because of you, they will bless you. Watch somebody try to hire you out from under them. You will get an immediate raise because they know what you're worth because you're blessing them. The blessing of the Lord was on everything Potiphar had, both in the house and in the field, because of a king with the key of adaptation. Five, grace for every false accusation, the key of acceleration. How many of you say, I want to speed things up? Raise your hand if you want God to move a little faster. You need the key of acceleration. We're going to give it to you tonight. Joseph was a handsome man. The Bible says that. So he's been promoted. Everything Potiphar has is blessed. And Potiphar has a wife that has the hots for Joseph. So she's watching Joseph walk in the favor of God. And she has the hots for him. And she goes for him. And he does what's right. And he doesn't mess with her. And so she falsely accused him. God used the false accusation to accelerate his life. See, some of you allow a false accusation or an unfair circumstance to cripple you or cause you to quit. Joseph used it as a tool or a key of acceleration. Jesus did the same thing. When they crucified him, All that did was put everything into motion. And it accelerated God's ultimate plan for the kingdom of heaven to invade earth. So God, in his sovereignty, sometimes will use the thing that embarrasses you and shames you the most to accelerate his plan for your life. Grace for every false accusation. And then he gets sent to prison because of this false accusation. And God used his time in prison. 
He was a dream maker, but he met a butler and a baker. God used this time, and he revealed dreams. The butler was restored. Pharaoh had a dream, couldn't be interpreted. Joseph helped. The butler said, I will remember you, Joseph. Thank you for this. The butler went from prison, got his position restored. The baker, which was also the result of a dream from Joseph, hung himself. Sometimes it's odd how two paths are so similar, but one ends in death and one ends in blessing. Some of these things we'll never know till we get to heaven. But two paths going right along. One hangs himself. One gets restored. Both had a dream. Understand that you need kingdom intimacy. And you need these keys so that God can do all that he's called you to do. So here's what happens. Then Pharaoh has a dream and he's perplexed by this one. And then the butler has a memory recall. And he goes to Joseph because he he'd lied to Joseph. He promised him to help him and he didn't. But he said, today I'm reminded of my shortcomings. Do you know that in the kingdom of God, there are people that have promised you things. They've forgotten about you. But God's going to bring to their memory what you did for them. The times you were there for them. The times you were at the hospital, Pastor Randy. The times you poured into people that didn't deserve it. In the kingdom of God, he never forgets. And he'll bring to the memory just at the right time to someone who can see you out of the prison that you're in. God will do it. He will accelerate your path through the key of acceleration. I want to prophetically declare this over this church. There is grace for your next place. There is grace for your next place. And there is a next place. The kingdom of God's never about standing still being comfortable. If you get 200, go for 220. If you get 220, go for 240. If you get 240, go for 400. If 100 people leave because they don't want to be a part of big church, kiss them goodbye and pray for another 100. God is always advancing. The kingdom of God is bigger than all that we struggle with. Just a few more. The key of authority. Remember I told you last night that dominion was lost in the garden and Jesus took back the dominion on the cross. That's what Jesus did when he died. He took back the power. And in, and in the opening text, he says, the gates of hell will not prevail against my church. And I will give you the king, the keys of the kingdom. Whatever you bind on earth will be loosed in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. He gives keys away. These keys. Same keys that Joseph walked in. Kingdom, grace. Favor, grace. God's anointing on you. Christ in you, the hope of glory, will cause you to persevere in every situation. So Pharaoh said to Joseph, I hereby put you in charge of the whole land of Egypt. So now this is getting crazy. So he starts off in the pit, sold to slavery, Potiphar's house, promoted there, had success on him, then gets thrown into prison, meets a butler and a baker. Bill's got a good message on that. Meets a butler and a baker. Okay? God uses them to move him past Potiphar and into the throne room of Pharaoh. Do you understand the person that's hindering you cannot hinder you? They'll never be able to go where you're going to go because you'll have a key that they won't have. So God will remove them and give you the job. God will remove them and put you over them. Because you got a key that they don't have. You're a part of a kingdom that they can't see. You hear things that they can't hear. You walk in a manner that they can't walk in. And everything you touch prospers. 
I'm speaking faith into somebody's life. Somebody get it. Somebody get it. They can't see what you see. They can't hear what you hear. Quit feeling guilty about it. Just love the king. Just love Jesus. Just love Jesus. Because it's all his anyways. Allow Jesus to move. So Pharaoh said to Joseph, I hereby put you in charge of the whole land of Egypt. Then Pharaoh took his signet ring from his finger and put it on Joseph's finger. He dressed him in robes of fine linen and put a gold chain around his neck. Can I preach just a minute, Randy? I know you're tired. Can I preach just a little bit, just a, just a few more minutes? I'll get you some coffee, brother. I know y'all hungry. I'm ready to. I, I, got, I cannot go past this right now. Do you understand there's a story that Jesus told about a prodigal son that left and he came home? And when he came home, he's rehearsing how he's going to apologize to his daddy. And his daddy runs off the porch and embraces that boy. And what did daddy do? He didn't say, hey, we need you to go through these 12 steps and four Sunday school classes and read this denominational handbook, and then maybe one day you'll be my son again. No. He said, put a new ring on his finger, put a robe on his back, put sandals on his feet, go kill the fatted calf. My son was dead, but now he's alive. That signet ring, y'all need to understand what that ring represents. It represents wealth. It's like a platinum credit card that you never have to make payments on. People of wealth had a signet ring, so when they went into the marketplace and they wanted to buy something, they just tapped that ring because that ring was like a credit card. So do you understand that Pharaoh is giving a man from a different race, a man from God's race, a part of God's kingdom who was a slave, he's giving him full access. What have I been preaching to y'all about? Access. He's giving him access to everything he has. Everything. He can buy anything he wants. This isn't about money. It's about your life, your destiny, your kingdom inheritance. He puts the ring. Yeah, he lost the coat of many colors. Oh, but now he's robed in new linens. The Bible says that we are clothed in his righteousness. So let me tell you something. You can try to be righteous all you want. You can quote your scriptures and you can lift your nose up and you can do whatever you want to do. But on your best day, your righteousness is that as filthy rags. The only time you are like Jesus is when he endows you with his power and he clothes you. With his righteousness. They put a ring on his finger, robe on his back, and even gives him a new ride. I know somebody just got a new ride. Hallelujah. Listen to what it says. The key of authority. He had him ride in a chariot as his second in command. And people shouted before him, make way. People that were yelling, crucify you, will one day be yelling. Jesus, Jesus, King of kings, Lord of lords. They put him in charge of the whole land. Thirteen years from slavery to in charge of the whole land. You know the story. He saves the day because he interprets a dream to Pharaoh. The reason he was promoted is because he saved Pharaoh from embarrassment. He covered his nakedness and came up with a plan to preserve the grain so when the famine hit, everybody would be blessed. You see, most people, listen to me, because we're almost done. But if I don't say this, you'll miss it. Religious people, and I'm one of them, and so are you. So I'm talking to me as much as I'm talking to you. Religious people act in dishonor. Most religious people would have never bowed to someone from a different race. Most religious people would not have even had the guts to share the interpretation with someone like Pharaoh. They would have been happy just serving in Potiphar's house because they wouldn't have felt worthy to have the key of authority that God had for them. They would have just been fine teetering along beneath their privilege. 
But Joseph, just like Jesus, understood who he was. And he understood what he was called to do. It was never about Joseph. It was always about the kingdom. Thousands upon thousands of lives were saved because of his willingness to be faithful in his relationship with God. His gift of dream interpretation saved a nation, reconciled him, remember to reconnect. Reconnect. Anybody here last night? Reconnect. What he lost in his family, God's about to colonize his region, preserve a remnant of his own people, and in the meantime, restore Joseph to his father and his brothers. That's what God can do. So God blesses Joseph on a personal level because he loved his father and he wanted restoration with his brothers. So this is Joseph's world. This is planet Earth, the colony. God's ways blessed Joseph, made his personal dreams come true, fulfilled God's sovereign will of protecting Israel, saved lives, it also blessed Pharaoh, and he used Pharaoh to usher in his kingdom purpose. His ways are not our ways. And, and we're praying for causes, and we're praying for personal things that are important to us. But God's plan is so much bigger. And if you'll connect to his kingdom, his plan will be made manifest, and just by happenstance, your dream will come true too. If your dream aligns with his will and his kingdom, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Not your will, his will. The key of authority. Somebody say, I've got authority. Seven fallen angels, they believe. Seven keys, gifts the fallen angels had in the book of Enoch. Seven keys. Seven keys. God restored everything the enemy tried to take and gave us keys. The final key is the key of acceptance. Meanwhile, Joseph's father Jacob is in the midst of famine and sends his son to Egypt to buy some grain because they don't want to die. He left Benjamin, Joseph's natural brother, at home because Jacob is, is smart enough not to let history repeat itself. You see, some of you think grace is being stupid. Grace has nothing to do with being stupid. If someone hurts you, letting them hurt you again is not grace. That's stupidity. And Jacob wasn't about to lose his other son over stupidity. You can have wisdom and grace at the same time. Somebody say amen. He left Benjamin at home. After some back and forth, Joseph gives grace to his brothers that was jealous of him, saw him coming from afar off. You know, there are people.